Okay, we've got a special guest for you today. The one, the only, Brandon Cox. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Bob Safaya. be your host today. And uh, we've got some really good stories, some really good things to talk about. And uh, let's just get started. Yeah. So, Brandon, we've worked together for a while now. How long has it been? Uh, started in 2018. 2018? Yeah. Okay. And what when you started, you started off making phone calls. Yep, started as an ISA, which guys, that's an inside sales agent. So I did not have my license yet. So what I did is I called and set appointments for the other agents. So we call like expires for sell by owners, do what we call circle prospecting, probates, that kind of stuff. It wasn't long and we realized like how talented you really were at these phone calls. Like these appointments that we would go on, we haven't been able to duplicate those. I mean, he duplicates them for himself all the time, but like for us, when we'd go on appointments at Brandon set, it was like, just walk in the door, people knew what was going on, <laughs> sign the papers. How did you get to that point? Let's go back a little further. You know, uh, you've told me about some of the jobs you had prior to that. What, what do you think the, the the job that influenced you the most prior to getting into real estate was? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have a twin brother and, and when we were in high school uh, in early college years, we would do some of these dead end sales jobs like Cutco vacuums and, uh, um, and uh, excuse me, Cutco knives and Kirby vacuums and stuff just to make some quick money. And we did good at it. Um, but then I actually ended up getting a position with a company um, that sold fire rated gasketing systems on gun safes mm. that sold them, you know, worldwide. Uh, the company was worldwide. They had a place located here in Lexington, was there for quite some time. So I think that one, that was my first true sales job where I was going and traveling to other states, attending trade shows, doing this, doing that, and and kind of just learning the whole sales 101 stuff. Man, what if you've taught me some things about sales from the Kirby sales. Yeah. Things. Why are you skipping over that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking about this leg trick. So <laughs> so what? one of the things that they would teach us is when we would sit at a table, like what Bob and I are doing now, like as an agent, I've used it where I'm sitting on the kitchen table, at the kitchen table, and the couple is sitting over here. Well, they're spaced out this way. I will stick my leg in between them. So if you're having a conversation, you know how it is. They're going to try to kick one another to make sure they don't answer a certain question or whatever. So they end up kicking you so the other one doesn't realize that they're trying to get kicked. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're trying to be sneaky. They're trying to be sneaky. It's <laughs> so good. Okay. So the gun safes, uh, you were traveling, mm -hmm. uh, going to trade shows. Yep. What did you learn from that? So that's the, the all that was pretty much like the networking with the trade shows and all that. Um, it was a very competitive market. So obviously with the objections like we all have to deal with, with as real estate agents, that really, really helped with all of that. Learning to kind of like listen to them and it stopped being such like a feature dumper like most of us are is I can do this, I can do that, we can do this, we can do that. Instead of doing that, just, you know, learning to ask the right questions to get them to talk. That's really good. That's really good. Okay, so working as an inside salesperson, setting appointments for other agents, you did that for what, about two years, right? Uh, a little over a year, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then you got your license. Yep. So that would be 2019. Yeah. yeah, 2019. And that year was our very top year that we've had in selling expired listings. We sold 39 expired listings that yep. year. I credit you for the majority of those. Um, Tell, let's tell everybody what an expired listing is. 
So it's a listing that was on the market six months, year, two years, whatever it was, and the home wasn't sold. Um, you know, then they got all these agents calling them wanting to have a chance to list the property. So as you can imagine, when you're calling these people, they're pretty frustrated because it didn't sell. Now all of a sudden, all these agents are calling them trying to get their business and it, it, it's, it can get pretty intense. And the ones that actually do those calls, they know what I'm talking about. It's a pretty competitive market when it comes for, you know, people have already, uh, they've been failed. They've been failed. And I think the thing that I learned from 2019 that I've carried with, uh, carried forward, and the thing that I'm the most proud of, I can say as a company, is most of the time what I saw was that no one really told these people what they needed to hear. Like it was like uh, people that are in, in that kind of goes back to the gun safes and the, the, the thing that you did prior is like, it's like people talk, but they're not here. They're not talking about the things that people want to hear. They're talking about something totally different. Or, right. Or they're scared to tell them what they really need to tell them. Um, because they're trying to make them happy, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. what we saw. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Tell me if, if there's something different or what how how have you been so successful working with people who have been failed by real estate agents? You know what I I don't think anything's hundred percent guaranteed, but I do think they appreciate the bluntness because I am very blunt, very upfront with them. And I tell them that from the from the get-go. As soon as I get in the house, look, you know, you may not like me, you may not like my attitude or how. I discuss certain things with you, but the one thing that you're going to know is I will never fill you full of BS. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And I just kind of go back to, look, just because you don't like me and my personality doesn't mean I can't sell the house. That's really good. It's really good. Um, so, um, man, it's a big deal. You know, I'm starting to see a lot of expireds come back on the market. That's why I think this video is going to be so valuable to other agents. But that little piece right there, just by, uh, basically you're getting permission to, to tell them what they need to hear. Right. Like you're asking for it in a way that's like, hey, look, this is the one thing I, you might not like the way this comes across. Right. You might not like the way this sounds, but the one thing you'll know is that I'm going to be upfront and honest with you and I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Not, uh, so, uh, man. That's a huge piece. Is there what? What else? What do you? What else? What else do you see with them? What other? Like, what, okay, so that's one thing. You know that the people haven't listened to what they're saying. The agents haven't listened, and they haven't uh, they haven't uh, listened to what they said. They have, aren't unable to help them with what they want because they haven't listened to what they say. Yeah, and and, and the communication. Like one of the things that we've found is when we're asking them, "Hey, how'd you go about choosing the last agent?" They tell us whatever happened. What do you think they could have done better? That kind of stuff. And they always go back to the communication that, you know, they didn't answer their phone. They would try to email, text, call, whatever. And these agents weren't answering their phone. And like, to me, it's confusing because even when I'm on vacation, like when I'm on vacation, my family or whoever I'm with, they understand that, look, when my phone rings, I've got to answer it. Like, regardless of what's going on, this is what I picked. You know, I said, pick me. I want to be an agent. So I'm going to have to be able to do that, answer my phone at times when, it's not a nine to five, it's, it's weekends, it's evenings, that kind of thing. But it would really frustrate those sellers because they would discuss 
dramatically of how these people would not answer their phone or they would drop prices or do some of this stuff without even asking the seller's permission or without even going over market updates. Like who doesn't go over market update when you're trying to convince someone that they need to do a price adjustment? How are you just doing that with without any information? It just doesn't make sense. Seems so simple, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems so simple. Seems so simple. So uh, communication, that's communication. Like, so the first part is communication or yep. asking the right questions and actually listening to people. Yeah. That's uh, answering people's phone calls. Yeah. Not really rocket science so far. Yeah. Is it, what else? Yeah. I mean, and kind of going back to the whole communication thing, if like, you got to, and it's not every time, obviously, but I have walked, we of all at the New Home Collective, we have walked away from listing appointments. If we know that the price or whatever is going on in their head, we know it's not going to happen because at the end of the day, we don't want to take a listing just to take a listing. I mean, we want to sell it. We've got a reputation that we want to uphold. So it's all, you know, going back to being upfront with them, like, look, I understand that you're at this number, but based on the information that we presented to you, we're not willing to take it at that number. And being able to walk away from that appointment, I promise you, two or three times out of 10 that you do that, I just had one recently for two new uh, new construction homes. I chose to walk away three days later while I was on vacation. They called, said that they appreciated my honesty and that I was the agent that they wanted to go with because of that. So I've lost, I've lost listings back when I first started because I overpriced the house. They call, I said, well, okay, so why did you go with the other guy? Well, he was $50,000. You were $50,000 more than they were. And we didn't trust that you could sell it for that. Yeah. You know, so people aren't dumb. Yeah, yeah. People aren't dumb. And uh, some people, especially some of the, the people that you don't think you can confront and tell the honest truth to are the ones that want it the most. Right, 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 right. Well, and then dealing with the, with the other agents, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty much probably still considered pretty new with only getting my license in 2019. So I've had to go head to head with seasoned agents that have been in the game for 15, 20, 30 years. And, you know, they don't know my sales background. So yes, I'm a new agent, but I've been in sales all my life. So, you know, it's communicating with these other agents and not tucking my tail and running the other way. If this particular buyer's agent is trying to come at me a certain way to take advantage of my youth in the real estate market. I wouldn't try to take advantage of you. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> so what about the quality of the listings? I mean, you're obviously looking at more expired listings than anybody, right? Like, what do you see? I mean, do you see that they're ordered the photos or do you see that they're using the wrong photos? Do they take in the phones with pictures with their phones? What, what do you see? Is there anything that stands out to you that... Uh, yeah. Somebody like even a consumer would want to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. The photos, like what he was saying. And this is the thing that, you know, I kind of learned from him, y'all. But, you know, when you see a listing and the first five to 10 pictures is the outside of the house, like what? Because if, if they don't like the first two pictures of the outside of the house, what in the world are they going to like about the next seven to eight pictures of the outside of the house? So, one thing that I picked up from here that works tremendously is the first three to five pictures are the the best pictures. So yeah, maybe you've got the outside, yeah, like. But if it's a huge, gorgeous kitchen, 
first picture because you want to draw that attention because we're all at short minds, you know, attentions. You don't want them clicking to somewhere else. So if somebody's clicking through a listing and there's 10 pictures of the outside, like that's crazy. And another thing, I'm kind of going off on a, on a different rant. These prices that some of these agents are doing, $4.99, $2.99, $2.49, what are you all doing? Because hold here's- on, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to slow you down. But we kind of go back to the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of go back to the pictures. I know we want to get into the pricing conversation. Yeah. I think that gets its own space. Sure, I think we sure. got to give the photos the space that's due. Yeah. Because I think there was a time when we looked at like 10 different expired listings and out of 10, eight of them had like 10 photos of the outside in the beginning of the, yep. or, or, or they go from the outside of the house to the basement to yep. the, you know, they have, they have no rhyme or reason to the photos. And like that goes into people's attention span. And that's like, I mean, everybody they're on TikTok and watching reels because it's only 30 seconds. Right. So if you only have that little 15 to 30 second period to keep them their attention, that's 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 the thing with the photos. I mean, that's what I've seen. And there was a, probably the person watching this video, they're going to know who they are. Real estate agent, husband's a mortgage person. They had 26 exterior photos before it even went inside the house, there was pictures of the brick, of the brick sidewalk, pictures of the brick sidewalk, like brick sidewalk. That photo, should I mean that? Yeah, or closets. Why are you putting pictures of somebody's closet with all their clothes in it? Like, come on now. And in the cell phone pictures, like, you know, spend the money, have a professional photographer go out and take the right pictures with their wide angle lenses and all that. I mean, we've got side by side. Uh, stuff that we show these sellers of these pictures versus the capability of what, you know, a photographer that we use. And it's crazy. One of the best complaints that we get from agents sometimes, I love it when they call and say, those photos were deceptive. Like, well, you guys went looking yeah. at the house, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, that's the idea. That's our job is to get yeah. people in the front Got door of the house. There, like, we? so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, photos. Yep. Big one. Photos. Huge one. Huge one. Okay. And don't, you know, if you, and you guys have all seen it. It you're not hiding it when we can see you in the mirror, taking a picture of it of the bathroom and we can see you in the mirror and you think that you're or the not toilet there. or the toilet. Open. <laughs> yeah, or the toilet's open. Come on, the man. Toilet lid. <laughs> pull the stuff off the kitchen counter and yes, shove it in the Yes, pull the stuff off. Yes, yes. Pull the stuff off the kitchen counter. People's minds, they just can't like you may be creative and you may be able to see beyond the mess or beyond the clutter or beyond the personal items, but most people can't. And they've got to be able to picture themselves in that house. It, if they've got to picture themselves in the house, you got to eliminate that stuff. Right. We've seen that. That's expired. Listen, I've got one to add to this. Yeah. It's people that don't start packing their stuff. Yep. The house expired. It's been on the market for a year. They haven't packed one thing. Yeah. You say, oh, I don't want to have boxes sitting around. You're selling your house. If you're not going to have boxes sitting, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to wait till the last minute and pack everything? No. Start packing today. Put it in boxes. Take the stuff. Put it in the garage. You can put it in the garage. Nobody needs to see the garage. Yeah, yeah. Put it, stack them up in the garage or take them to a storage unit. But start taking the stuff off the walls. Start putting stuff in boxes. Start making it look like you're ready to move because mm -hmm. just that simple thing. There was a house, remember that one in Georgetown? Yes, yes. And... She had a plate collection that went all the way around. The whole living room, dining room, it was plates along the top of the wall all the way around. She loved it. Loved it. 
She hadn't taken one plate off the wall. And that was my very first piece of advice to her was, take the plates off the wall. Well, then I'm going to have to paint. Paint. Yeah. And guess what? Sold the house. Yeah, yeah. It sold, I mean, it had been on the market for a year and a half or something. We sold it in two weeks. Just by her getting her head straight. Another one that goes along with that is if um, uh, somebody's lived in a house for a long time and they've got some emotional attachment to it. What I've found is if they won't go look at a property, like say they're going to move out and they want to downsize, and they've had the house on the market for a year mm-hmm. and it's not sold, one of the reasons that I believe is that they haven't put themselves into the car. They haven't gotten in a car. They haven't gone to look at a house. Yep. And I've had them say to me specifically, like, we don't need to look at a house yet. Our house isn't sold. Right. Mm-mm. That's not it. Because when you find that house, this house will sell. Yep. You know, that it changes the way you think. It changes the way you act. It changes the way you box stuff up. It changes the way everything. So yep. that's another one that goes along with the packing. Yeah. Did we leave everything except pricing? Is pricing the only one we have yeah, left? Yeah, I want to hammer that one. Oh, good. Let's go. I mean, look, again, I know I'm pretty new in the real estate game. I mean, you keep saying that. You <laughs> sold more houses than 95% no, of the agents have been in the business 30 years. I know. And it just, it drives me, it drives me crazy. And, and I love, love when I see an expired listing at two ninety nine nine or, you know, two forty nine or whatever. I already know exactly I'm getting that listing period. I already know I'm getting it. So, you know, an example, I had a lady that had a house in Harrodsburg, this lady, and this was before COVID. This wasn't when, you know, all you had to do was stick a sign in the yard. So this was when we had to work our listings. Well, this woman had a house that was on the market for over six months at two ninety nine 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 nine. Okay. two ninety nine 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 nine. So when I get to the house, didn't even do a presentation just said, so you realize over $1, you missed out on thousands of people nationwide that start their search at 300. When that sunk into her, she was so frustrated, tears came to her eyes about that last agent because it was a friend of theirs that they had used for previous sales and all that, blah, blah, blah. So we listed this house at 300, sold it, in two days for 309. She was on at 299999 for months. Didn't get any offers at all. We listed at 300, get this girl 309,000. I mean, she was beyond stoked. That. And it's a hundred same, stories like that. A hundred yeah. stories. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like you understand what he's saying, right? Like if the way the searches are done. Yeah, like like and when you get into the higher searches, I believe over 600 or 700, maybe 800, people don't put a cap right. on the other end. They, right. they, if they're looking for 800, they'll look at it 1.3. Right. When you get down into the 300s, in the 200s, in the 100s, people are putting, like, if somebody's a pre-approved for 185,000, chances are they're not searching up to 200, or maybe they are, right? But they're still going to stay within a block. So if you have these blocks and you say 299, so... At 300,000, everybody searching up to 300,000 sees it. And at 300,000, everybody that's searching 300 and up see it. 
So it fits into two pricing categories instead of one. Yes. And that's what Brandon's And you're not talking fooling about. anybody. Right. The when same. you're at 299, it's 300. You're not fooling anybody. Like this isn't yellow page ads. This is a house. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy that these agents that have been in the game as long as they have still price these houses that way within, like he's saying, within that smaller price point. Yeah. Under under if it's under 300000 you gotta pay attention yeah. to the search, the searchability because that searchability, whatever category it fits in, I mean, we've had listings on for a couple of weeks. We're like, why is nobody looking at them? And then we realized that we had the search. We're looking at where the search blocks are happening, where the house is going pending. What, what space do we have to get this into? Another example of that, this happened just recently. I had a buyer call in. They want minimum of 15 acres. Minimum of 15 acres. Well, ding, ding, ding. We got a property that's 14.8 acres, right? That's an example. They had been searching for a property. We didn't end up selling them that property. But, but my point is, is that they had been searching for a property that's a minimum of 15 acres. That makes sense. People have these minimums and maximums that they're searching for. And it's not just price. It's bedrooms. It's bathrooms. It's uh, square footage. Like you always have to think about that. And there's not much you can do to control it. When it comes to space or bedrooms or bathrooms, but but when you're when when you're thinking about selling a property, you have to think about the category that you fit into. Right. And if there's a way that you can affect that, like 15 acres, 14.98 acres, and you put it in as 15, and you write in the marketing, you know this this could be plus minus 15 acres, right? Get a survey to verify. Like that right there. It's probably really close to like breaking a rule. Yeah. And it might even be breaking a rule, but. But it's helping. But it's, it's helping. helping the seller. Yeah. Like it's help because in consideration, like if, if you bought a property, you thought it was 15 acres and it was 14.98. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it that you didn't verify the price? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying to put stuff up that's not true. What I'm saying is you have to think about those boundaries when it comes to a search. I got in an argument with a psychologist once. It wasn't even his house. It was his girlfriend's house. And I lost the listing over it. Because he got on the phone and he's like, because we listed it at 300. He's like, you got to list it at 299. I'm a psychologist and I know that this work. What works? Tricking people? Like, that's really yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. By putting it at 299, you're, you're assuming this print advertising trick yeah. from the 50s or 40s yeah. or whenever it was created. Somebody's like, oh, whoa. Instead of making it $100, we're going to make it 99 And somebody's going to think it's a different price. Yeah. Like, is that, is that, uh, like, up, whatever the psychology is behind it, it doesn't matter. It's the search that matters. It's getting into as many searches as you possibly can. And if there's nobody buying houses that are more than 300,000, you're still okay at 300 because everybody's searching up to 300,000 still in the search. So, anyway, pricing. Yep. Anything else about pricing? No. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. What else? Any other advice for someone, whether it's expired listings or real estate or hmm. vacations? First time I sit next to somebody that's got a better tan than me. <laughs> Shows who's been working, who's been on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Any uh, more vacations? Okay, well, hopefully you found this information valuable. Hopefully you can use it some way in your business to help people 
sell their homes. Like it's not even about your business and what you get paid. It's about helping people get what they want and what they need. What's proud, that one? I'm yeah, proud to be in business with you, man, because that's what you do. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, that's what you just said. That's money, because it's all I've always heard that. What is it? Uh, as long as you help enough people get what they want, you'll always get what you want. That's it. That's that's true. That's it. Real estate, especially, and especially when the market tightens up and everybody's oh, houses wait. are expiring. I mean, like, you should have seen them. 2021, when the houses are selling oh, $50,000 overpriced, he's still calling expireds every day. Absolutely. He's still, you can still hear, hear him going through the same, the same motions and the same conversations that were happening prior to the market. It might have only been one or two conversations right. a week instead of 20. Right. But stayed on track, stayed on course, and I believe it's going to pay off for you big time, man. And, and I think it's awesome that you're sharing this information with everyone. And uh, that's it, Yeah, man. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens this year. So if you, if you found this valuable, please comment. Five, you, know, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on YouTube. Brandon Cox, he doesn't have an Instagram, but he does have a Facebook page. And I'd be more than happy if anybody wants you know, scripting, uh, handling objections, all that kind of stuff. I'd be more than happy to help out. That's awesome. That's awesome. So if they wanted to contact you, what, what's your phone number? What, what phone number? How do they email? Do they yeah, email just email you or yeah, shoot, you on Facebook? Shoot me or? an email. It's, it's, it's easy. It's B as in boy, Cox, C-O-X, at nhcnow.com. Or it's just Brandon Cox on Facebook, and you'll see my picture on there. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, Brandon. Yep. And uh, thank you for watching.